Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Welcome to Talking Transfers from the 90 Min Podcast Network. I'm Scott Saunders, joined by 90 Min's transfer correspondent, Graham Bailey. And this week, 90 Min UK editor and writer, Sean Walsh, also part of the Oh What A Night podcast. Sean, how are you doing? How's the podcast going, etc., etc.? Yeah, it's good, mate. Um, we're recording a season preview later today. Um, quite optimistic going into this year. I'm not as high on Spurs as some others are, but um, I've had a lot of talks with our Italian editor, Alessandro, about, you know, sometimes with Conte, you just don't see the kind of next leap coming. So I'm, I'm keeping that in mind as well. But yeah, I think it's a good time to be a Spurs fan. So Can Spurs challenge? Can they challenge the top two this season? They can. I don't think they will. I'd, it kind of depends on... It, it depends what we do the rest of the window, I guess. I think we need a couple more starters coming in. We've signed a lot of good depth, and I think that was the main thing. We needed just more bodies so that we can rotate a bit more. If we're going to properly challenge, we need one or two more quality signings. Well, good news is, on Talking Transfers today, we will talk about some potential transfer targets for Spurs. Sean, we'll give you the latest on all that. Graham, how are we? How are we doing? I'm good, thank you. Yeah, obviously celebrating Middlesbrough's open joint the weekend. The amazing as I joined with Ryan Giles. There's another part. I'd say Wolves. Wolves do lend out a lot of good players, and it was Gibbs White last year. This Ryan Giles, who we've got at left side, he's fantastic. But yeah, good start to the season. But yeah, ready for the Premier League this weekend. This weekend, Friday night, even uh, Crystal Palace versus Arsenal. I know, Sean, you're probably hoping for a, a collapse of Arsenal proportions at Selhurst. I, I am, but I'm not expecting it because I think the consensus now feels like Arsenal away on a Friday night to open the season at a tough place like Palace. Are oh, they just going to crumble? I actually don't think that's going to happen. I think Arsenal have looked really good in pre-season. They have a lot of continuity. A lot of their signings were in early doors. I think they'll be fine, which is quite annoying. Yeah, we should actually have our uh, season predictions. Premier mm. League 1-20 to 20 go out this week. Uh, probably Thursday or Friday, I would imagine. Uh, all of the Nighty Min team, uh, Sean Graham and I included, as well as Toby, whose birthday it is today. He's not here today. Happy birthday to Toby. If he's listening, I'm sure he is. Uh, and Harry, very busy with other stuff. Uh, I think TC is get... going to be disgusted by our lack of West Ham stuff today, actually. <laughs> we just, Graham, we just shoehorn it in because he's there, to be fair. <laughs> to be fair, um, yeah, there wasn't, there's not an awful lot. It's got business done, but there wasn't too, isn't too much West Ham apart from desperately searching for a centre half. Yeah, I call it the West Ham section. Just give Toby his two minutes to shine or whatever, usually. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, please subscribe on all your major podcast platforms and follow us on Twitter and underscore Scott Saunders at Graham Bailey and at Sean DZ. Walsh, I say Z for some time, for some reason. I say Z in any other context. Ah, oh, so you're American coming out on you, isn't it? It is, yeah, but out. I'm calling Sean Sean DZ for some reason, not DZ, because I just think it flows better. Or maybe we'll call you Danger Zone, Sean, uh, because that is uh, that's just a little joke that we made off here. Sean Danger Zone Walsh, new podcast title. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, this is a brand new weekly show where we'll dig into the latest on the futures of the biggest names in world football, be it players or managers. 
No manager chat usually, though. I, I need to change that opening spiel. Uh, on today's edition, we'll talk Mark Cucciarella, uh, Dendel Dumfries, Wesley Fafana, Nicolo Zaniolo, James Madison, Aaron Ramsey, Casper Schmeichel, Jamie Vardy, Cristiano Ronaldo, Frankie Diong, obviously, Timo Werner, Adama Traore, Brentford's potential Christian Eriksen replacement, and some news from Liverpool at the end of the show regarding new contracts and players staying. Uh, let's get into Coochie Coo, we called him uh, a few weeks ago, Graham, from his <laughs> nickname. Uh, he's coaching up to Chelsea, though, by the looks of it. Mark Cucciarella on his way to Chelsea, as we understand it. Is that correct? City have been the ones in pole position for a long time, but the price has been the sticking point. And now Chelsea have entered the race last few days and appear more willing to be meeting uh, Brighton's asking price than City are. Yeah, yeah, this one's pretty straightforward. Man City, as we're part of the weekend, just refusing to pay 50 million for Cucciarella. They've got up to 40, we believe. And Chelsea have just come in and said, yeah, we'll give you 50 million. And now the two teams are very close to finalising the deal in terms of payments and add-ons. But yeah, Chelsea have agreed to pay his fee. We understand in principle, the players' terms are already done. Not an issue there. So yeah, this deal could be done within 24 hours. Wow. Sean, what are you making of Chelsea so far? Because they are... I think I gave the comparison earlier. They just, it's a bit of a scattergun approach. Obviously, I did on my Man United podcast earlier, The Promised Land. And I kind of thought Chelsea giving me vibes a little bit of Man United of the last 10 years with their scattergun approach. They're targeting good players, but they're willing to spend money. They'll probably rack up a massive uh, transfer fee bill by the end of the summer and over the next few summers as well, the way it's going. Is this sensible? Is this targeted? Or is this, let's just, by players. Scattergun was exactly the word that I was going to use. So I think that's a very apt description. The thing that I've been thinking of is that in American sports, they sometimes have this thing called new owner syndrome where the team gets bought, the franchise gets bought. And the first thing that he only wants to do is make a bunch of trades. And that's basically what Todd Bowley's come in. He's, you know, he went to Barcelona to talk things with them. He has been just looking at Ronaldo or all these other guys. And you don't really know what they're looking for. And I get that, with Kukure, it kind of makes a bit of sense because he did play um, as a left centre-back in a back three for Brighton towards the end of last season. He was actually quite good there. But if that's their kind of Antonio Rudiger replacement at left centre-back, it's a very different kind of profile. And I'm very kind of confused if that's, you know, is Tuchel leading that? Is, it, is that just Bowley um, seeing what's kind of left out there? And I do think that it's, teams should be quite wary when Manchester City decide not to pay the valuation of a player that they're going after, because it's happened a lot in the past. And those players players tend to not be as good as the players they do sign. Although clearly Man City City rating, I found it strange that Man City is seemingly rating Nathan Aki more than Mm. Cucciarella, which I found bizarre. How does this team line up then? So obviously Tuchel's tried a back four on occasions and Chelsea have shipped a lot of goals and back four on a few occasions. Remember the Brentford game last season. Mm -hmm. Uh, They shipped a few to Arsenal the other day as well. Do they play? They want a right wing back. We'll get get to that as well. Um, Is this a back? Is this like Mark Cucciarella left centre-back, Koulibaly if Thiago Silva isn't playing? Other options, Reese James, who's a right wing back who could play right centre. Well, for back. Fa- for Fana, who obviously for Fana as well. Like, uh, I think he's giving himself. Look? I think he's giving himself options. Got to to if he wants to play a back four, play Chilwell and Cucurella ahead of him. Maybe James with um, another ahead of him. It can be 
I think he's given himself options, really. And I think it's that's why he wants more defenders. Um, you know, it seems he doesn't rate the ones who are in there at the minute, the Levi Colwells of this world, who, yeah, he's on his way out as well, um, it seems. So, yeah. Is, is, I, is, that, is that a Brighton exchange or is... Brighton, Brighton like him. They are one of the teams who are in for him. Leicester, Southampton, quite a few. Um, we don't think it'd be a straight swap, but there is no reason it's just why Brighton aren't in the mix for him. They are. So, yeah, um, Brighton is a possible option for him. Wherever he goes, it would be to play first-team football. I like this guy a lot, and I thought he was brilliant last season for Huddersfield. So, I'm, I'm amazed that he's not more in contention at Chelsea. But obviously, Thomas Tuchel, we believe, wants someone with that bit more experience at the highest level, which Cucurella does give him. Whether It's hard to see Cucurella playing a left-side half in the back four, isn't it? But against the lesser teams, why not, I guess? I saw him play there against Leeds last season and um, he had a cigar for most of the game. When, if there's no one up against you, he can go and carry the ball up, up and down the pitch wherever he wants to. So it does give him options. Yeah, Chelsea are happy to spend money. I know me and Graham have uh, both said, <laughs> we both kind of agree with this, that we don't think the Ronaldo thing is done with Chelsea yet. Uh, Graham, you put, it, you put it a number of times. If Chelsea don't start the season in perfect form and it turns out they do need a striker Todd Bowley's the type it seems who will end up pulling the trigger Definitely even against Tuchel's word maybe and one big thing I think I read last last week and you saw this, Scott Sean that Manchester United sold out with number sevens in the club shop so if there's any worry hmm. that, that Ronaldo does not have the commercial impact that he once did think again Todd Bowley would be looking at that thinking wow now he virtually paid if we take him for a year he virtually pays for himself yeah, I, and it does feel like it, it feels quite doom and gloom around Chelsea right now, don't you think? Like, there's they got obviously got smashed by Arsenal preseason. All their other rivals are strengthening. All of the, their targets are being taken by Barcelona. It does feel like Bowley might just get to a point where he says, "Shall I sign Ronaldo?" Lighten the mood a little bit, you know? Yeah, because Tuchel can only say no for so long, can't he? It's like, yeah. like imagine going to see if he goes into the season with Broge starting, I can see top right, I'm signing Ronaldo, I'm not having this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm under Broge with number nine. If he starts the first game at nine, it's like, right, I'm not having this. I thought it was interesting. Ronaldo. I watched their friendly against Udinese on Friday and Sterling was playing through the middle and Havertz was playing from the right. Interesting. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think Sterling's gone to the radar has been such a terrific sign. I know in our prediction that I put him as being signing of the season. And purely because I just think he'll probably play it nearly every game for Chelsea. Mm. And um, he could could and should have a massive impact. Yeah, let's talk um, other Chelsea targets because there are many. Uh, (laughs) Denzel Dumfries uh, and Wesley for Farnagram. Can you update us on both of those pursuits? For Farnagram, talks are ongoing. Um, it's an interesting one. You know, Leicester value him at 80 million. Leicester, who we'll talk about in need of money to invest elsewhere in the team. They don't want to lose him, but every player has his price. Leicester see him as an 80 million pound player. In Chelsea, are about 60. Talks are going over him. That is, that is one to watch. Fafana isn't demanding a move. He did sign a new deal a few months ago, but he is open to the prospect. You know, he does enjoy working under Brendan Rodgers. So, yeah, that's one to keep down where. There's no right particular rivals at the moment um, for Fofana, who I think is the best young defender in Europe. So, you can send it half, that is. Um, yeah, keep an eye on this one. This one's ongoing and um, it's not over. And we know Tuca wants at least one more and a half and it could very well be Fofana. In terms of Dumfries, yeah, a, a decent right wing. Back one has been linked to you, Scott, um, at United. I think he's more... 
a United player than he's a Chelsea player, I'll be honest. I think um, United need him more than they do. Um, but he's not cheap, you know, and we know Chelsea got money, but do you sign a £40 million pound or £30 million pound right wing back just to back up Rhys James? I'm not sure if that's needed because as well, he he, he doesn't play a centre-half either. He's not a Cucciarella who can play both. Dumfries is a proper right attacking right wing back. So, yeah, they have held talks since we've rejected the first offer that they came in with at 30. So we'll keep an eye on that one. He would be, a if he did get him, that's a very high quality right-hand side for Chelsea. Yeah, I, mean, I do look at Dumfries though and think that links to United in, like, in a back four. United are looking at alternatives to Diogo Dallo because Aaron Wan-Bissaka has no real attacking output, can defend, uh, but he's on the market. Diogo Dallo gets criticised for not being able to defend when he can theoretically attack, although we've not really seen the best of Dallow. I think Dumfries probably fits into that category more. Uh, I don't think it's a real need for United at the moment, and I don't think he's the right type of player. That's just my personal opinion, though. Uh, We'll talk about United in a little bit more detail later, but let's switch up to Spurs, Shawnee, because uh, you put out a story today, and you can also read about Cucciarella, uh, Dumfries and Fafana on 90min.com. You can also read about Nicolo Zaniolo, uh, at Spurs, a piece from Sean and Graham today. We're recording this on Tuesday. Give us the latest, Sean. Yeah, so this is a player really admired by um, Antonio Conte and Spurs' director of football, Fabio Paratici. Um, Paratici has spoke to Roma's general manager, Thiago Pinto, in recent days about um, the possibility of a transfer. They've been talking for, I think, over a month now about potential deal. Roma adamant that they won't sell for less than... Um, 50 million euros. It's the interesting point that has come up in this when we've talked about Graham is that Conte thinks that he can play as a wing back more so than um, perhaps a creative midfielder. And you know, whenever I when I put this story out, <laughs> it got quite a few raised eyebrows that Conte is trying to make someone else a wing back. It again. appears that Jose is thinking that as well, Sean, from what I'm reading mm, the Italian. Yeah, you said before, with yeah, with, yeah. with Vinaldo, Vinaldo, who was almost um, completing his move to Roma in the coming days, that the Jose is thinking that as well. I haven't yeah. seen that much. Do you think he can play that, Sean? Well, I think if he plays the way that um, Matt Doherty and even Perisic did against Roma on Saturday, they were you know, at times the highest players up the pitch and they were right in the box. If that's the way that he's planning to play his wing backs this season, then he probably could. Yeah, I get why he would. Um, my red flags over him is that he had back-to-back ACL injuries. That's a huge kind of put off for me. Um, before obviously before those injuries, he was one of Europe's best talents. Is it can he reach that level again? I don't know. Well, could he do it in a new country where it's a bit more physical? I don't know. He actually, I think he's six foot three. He's quite he's quite well built. So I think he could probably handle it if he stays fit. But can I ask? Can I there's ask just so many question marks over him. Can I ask this question as well? Like he's left footed. Yeah. Uh, as a right wing back, when mm. you've got Kulisevsky ahead of him or something like that, you want two players naturally he li- inside? He, he, he does like them coming inside. He, he did play Doherty a lot of left wing back last season. Obviously, Perisic both footed, but he's mainly right footed coming in off the left. And there was a period of time last season where Kulisevsky played as a wing back as well when he was trying to fit more attacking players on the pitch. So that's how I would imagine he would be used if he were to come in. So I understand the thinking behind it it's all I don't think he's going to play as like a right wing back away at Man City for example but you would play at home against you, you I don't know Wolves or Forest or whoever Sean uh, 
I want to ask you uh, from the Welsh perspective, this is going to come a lot up a lot today. <laughs> Why have Spurs chosen to part with Joe Roden? He's gone to uh, gone to Wren, uh, <sighs> one of Wales's best young talents. To be fair, always plays really well for Wales. Mm. Strong centre half, never really got a look in for Spurs. Yeah, it's disappointing because Conte was asked about it um, during a poor run of games for Spurs last season when I think Christian Romero was injured. He was asked. Um, do you regret not playing Roden more? And he said, yeah, I probably should have played him a little bit more. He, I think he leaves having only made 24 appearances in all competitions. Mm-hmm. And mo- I imagine most of those were in the Europa League or the Conference League or the Cups. I liked him whenever he played. Like There have been a lot of defenders at Tottenham over the last two, three years who, when they play, they'll do some embarrassingly poor bits of defending. And Roden John, was never John's like justification that. for this, by the way, is he hasn't done anything to annoy me yet. So <laughs> I, think, I think that's good enough justification. I don't think he's going to be like a world beater because I think... That is a good reason. Guys, you, not, you would like yeah. our hate players if they know you. Yeah. It's like, but Ho- interesting, Sean, though, Jose didn't want him back, want him at Roma. Um, mm. Unlike one of the other... Tanganga, we understand, don't we, um, Jose is looking at? Do you think... Who would you have between the two? They're about the same. They're about the same <laughs> level, but Tanganga at least kind of offers a bit of versatility. I think Roden is much better as the central centre back in the back three, but yeah. Tanganga in the wide positions makes more sense. And he's quick. You know, jo- Jose, yeah, Jose gave him his Premier League debut on the on the basis that he was he was very fast. He said to what debut that, that was. A, he was man the match that game. I can't remember who it was. I saw that game. He was, it was good. It was against Liverpool. Yeah. We only lo- we lost one 0 but we probably should have got something from it. Was that when Firmino score? At home. I can't remember. I can't remember. I remember at the end, Lo Celso missed a chance and yes. Jose failed to I was knees. there. I think I was there as well. Actually, <laughs> I think I was there. Um, yeah, so uh, Sean will continue on Spurs for a little bit. Wanted to get the road in the section in. Hmm. Uh, Spurs, well, Spurs are uh, lightly linked here, so maybe I'll bring you back in, Graham. James Madison. Uh, has I been... thought we were going to touch it, uh, clear the right wing back role because... It's interesting, Sean, isn't it, that they're still linked with Traore as well, if we keep on that for a minute, Scott, that clearly Jed Spence is not starting the season. One of our colleagues selected him in mm. Fantasy League and he was mortified <laughs> He was mortified to find out after we pasted some quotes in from the weekend that he's going to be looking to make the bench by the sounds of it this weekend. Um, and Traore is a player you love, Sean, isn't it? And I love as well from Middlesbrough days. And and you, you, you sound more excited about Traore than Zaniolo if he came in, Sean. Absolutely. I'm, I was looking through his list of the managers that Adama Troy has had in his career, and he's had some really, really kind of weird options. I mean, he came to England after a few months. He had Tim, there was Tim Sherwood was there, mm. and then he had like Remy Gard, and then he went to Middlesbrough, and you got, um, no offense to him, but Tony Pulis. So first manager to get a tune out of him in England, yeah. Tony Pulis. Yeah, he was the first yeah. manager to get a tune yeah. out of him. So I think, and he looked, for at least the first few weeks of Barcelona, the shabby looked like, he could be a proper winger. And I just think if you stick him with Conte, who knows where he can go? Like, is, this is probably the man who's going to unlock him. You were talking a lot about the Victor Moses comparison, Graham, that mm. Mo, like Moses was for years, this is kind of middling winger in the Premier League. Conte comes in and he's an amazing wing back on a team that wins the Premier League. And I just think that Torre has just got so much natural ability. He just, if he had just a bit more kind of focused coaching then that is a really really outstanding player there Graham uh, Traore has obviously left Wolves of Barcelona last season they haven't mm. 
taking him on. What's it going to take to get him out of Wolves? Well, the fee we're hearing less than 20 now, even possibly less than 15. So, How long has it got left on his contract? Do you know? I think it's another year at least. I think it's, yeah, another year with at least with an option, I believe. But after come back to that, I will, will no doubt be corrected on that. But yeah, there's not, there's not I'm much. I'm checking. Fee, there's not much. Fee, <laughs> so, you, know, you know, Bruno Lager, 2023. 2020. Bruno Lager doesn't like, you know, it's not that they don't like each other. They're not, it's clearly not happening. That old Traore to Jimenez for different different reasons, it's not happening, is it? So, Wolves, are, and they've got Gibbs White as well now, they were trying to get a game for. So, um, I think it suits all parties. So, you know, I think it could be close to 10 million again for. Imagine Spurs, and let's not forget, Spurs almost bought Traore. He, he'd done it, he did a great personal yeah. terms last summer for uh, more than twice that amount. So if they're getting this time around for that, it'd be spectacular business. Is he too cheap for Chelsea? No, he, he is on <laughs> Chelsea's list as, as like a third or fourth choice, you know. Um, it would fit as the understudy to to reach James Bell on that side. Um, so I think and you, it's like Sean says, there is a there's possible there's so much natural ability there. I think that's why you're seeing Barcelona take a chance to him and why Tottenham and Chelsea are looking at him. There's so na- so much natural ability there. You, you can't blame them. Yes, indeed. Uh, let's move. There's a, there's a significant Leicester section, but with a Spurs twist here. So James Madison, uh, Sean, I'll come to you. Uh, shall I come to you first, Sean? Uh, Spurs interest in James Madison. I mean, how does that make you feel generally? Because there is some interest there. Uh, we'll talk to mm. Graham in a second about Newcastle's links, et cetera, et cetera. But is he the type of player? You mentioned like one or two players you'd like to see Spurs add. Is he one of them? Uh, I'd like to think so. I think that's kind of a profile we're missing at the moment. I know Conte doesn't tend to stack his teams with creative midfielders like that, but I do think I look at our midfield options for this season. We've got, we've obviously brought in Yves Basuma, and then beyond that, we've got Pierre Hoiberg, Rodrigo Bentoncourt, and Oliver Skip. Four very aggressive, combative midfielders, um, Basuma of which can get forward. He take, carries the ball forward well. It would be nice to have a mix where we can throw an, a creative midfielder into a game sometimes. They can just kind of play in the hole. We could maybe play on the right or to the left a little bit. And Madison is probably as close to that kind of play on the market, I imagine. Um, personally, I wanted us to go back for Christian Eriksen. I toyed with it for a long time, whether or not we should go for it. I thought that we should. And I don't know if you've seen his quotes um, yesterday, Scott, where he said that it was, it was talk that Spurs were interested. He never actually received anything. But the way that you're saying it, it, it only reaffirms my belief that if we made enough for him, he'd be back. And that is annoying because that is the same profile as Madison, I guess. I, I completely agree with you. I mean, I, I watched his I watched his club in, club interviews with United uh, when he signed and was presented. He didn't seem particularly enthused. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's just, yeah. Uh, and there was also uh, suggestions as well that he's uh, been approached by a number of United managers in the past and the move has never mm, happened yeah. until now as well. So I don't disagree with you there. Um, I think he'll add a lot of quality to United when he does play. Uh, yeah, remains sure. to be seen, although United need a lot more than Christian Eriksen, which we'll, we'll talk about in a little bit. But on Leicester, uh, there's a number of players that I'd like to talk about here, Graham. We've also talked for Farner already. Madison, what's the what's the latest? Because Newcastle have been uh, there's been bids from Newcastle. Is that is that the case? Uh, how does this all fit together? I mean, Leicester's position at the moment. We just established before we started the show that they don't have Europe this season, and they have a massive squad. They also probably do need to sell players. 
Casper Schmeichel's leaving for Nice by the looks of it. Uh, where, where, what's Leicester's position? Can you sum it up? And how does uh, how do they approach Madison and a potential sale this summer? Yeah, they need to cut the wage bill down. They've got a huge squad. Um, over 25 players already. I think Toby said this last week, where you know they're going to the season now with a full complement of the squad and all on good money. So and they do have a few issues, you know, Samari didn't work last year, Dakar. So they have, they do have to make room. And as we said, Schmeichel's going. They won't sign another keeper. We don't believe it'll be Wills's Danny Ward getting his chance finally after his 12 million pound move from Liverpool, wasn't it? Um yeah. about four years ago. So he's getting his chance in the top flight. With Madison, from Newcastle, they are being encouraged by someone to make bids. They made a bid at the weekend, rejected out of hand at 40 million. We believe the second one went in worth 45. That's being rejected as well, we understand. Leicester, from, from sources close to their camp, are saying they won't even consider looking at an approach unless it's 60 million. So someone, someone is telling Newcastle they can get him out for less than 60. I don't believe they can. And if it gets that level, we know Newcastle, as I tweeted last night, they already pulled out of the Moussa Diaby move because he was that price and less wages. Madison's already on good wages. To get into Newcastle, you're going to have to make him the highest paid player at the club. It doesn't really fit. This Madison move for me doesn't fit into what Newcastle have been doing this summer. You know, is he an Eddie Howe type player? I'm not even sure he's an Eddie Howe type player either. Um, I don't see him going to Newcastle. Um, I, th- I think it's a deploy somewhere, maybe to get a big new contract or to try and get Tottenham's interest peaked to see if they will come up from the bushes and, and make the move. Um, I think he fits better at Tottenham, personally. I think, as Sean said, they listed those centre midfielders. You know, they, I think they are missing someone like that. And we do know that there was some talk behind the scene from Ericsson and, 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 you know, that makes sense. So it, it just depends on his figure because I don't think anyone's going to pay £60 million for him. I really don't. He's got two years left on his contract as well. Is this, if you're going to get 60 million from the time, it's probably now. So it's one to keep an eye on, but at this point in time, I don't see him going to Newcastle unless they do suddenly offer 60 million. If they do offer a 60 million pound deal, he might end up on Tyneside. But that goes against everything that Newcastle have been telling us the whole summer. But we'll have to keep an eye on it. But yeah, two bids rejected so far. The last of 45 was yesterday. We're talking 60 million for Madison. We're talking 80. For final around around that level, Harry mm-hmm. Maguire ish money. Yeah. Um, do Leicester need to sell two? Will it be one? How much money do they need to raise? Do you think? Yeah, it's a good point. I I think yeah, it'll only be one. I think for fan it's more likely because they've got more cover. Eighty million for him. That's that's a brilliant deal. Man's, they could sell two, uh, but what we're hearing, they don't need to sell two. Only one. Will they sell both? I don't think so. Um, so I think at this stage. Although Madison's getting more publicity, I think Fafana is more likely. What about not a potential player with who could command a high, massive transfer fee given his age, but I believe he is their highest earner, uh, or he's at least among them. Jamie Vardy. Where does where do we stand with Jamie Vardy, Graham? Uh, give us the latest. Yeah, um, obviously we're not talking. Wagatha Christie here, are we? Although he may be looking for a move to try and cover those legal costs. We never know. Um, yeah, this rumour started, started out and it's been confirmed by Chelsea sources. There is an interest in Jamie Vardy from Chelsea and also, we understand, Manchester United. And when we say interest, bids haven't been lodged. Both these clubs are keeping an eye on this situation. There was meant to be contract talks with Vardy, but they haven't taken place. They've been stalled or cancelled from what we understand. He's got a year left on his current deal. 
but yeah, it's a really interesting one. This for to get a top striker for one year, and I think a lot of people would poo this straight away. But then, if you think about it, mm-hmm. you know, I think it does make sense. I think it makes sense to Manchester United personally more. You know, um, especially Just what they need Ronaldo another thirty-five-year-old plus striker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's age- what they need. Nowadays, you know, like we see players playing on. And Vardy, you know, he's one of those players who he didn't come into professional football to what his mid-20s. His body hasn't had the abuse that someone like, say, Wayne Rooney had of, of 20 years of playing youth football. And so Jimmy Vardy's body hasn't had that, which I think is a key reason as to why he's playing at a top level still. So I think it's an interesting one. There is a story going up on 90 Min about this, about the interest being there. And... Um, yeah, you you would tell us, Scott. Would you prefer um, an untried, maybe a Sesco from from Salzburg, or try and test a Jamie Vardy? Is that a real question? I mean, I, <laughs> I, I prefer the younger potential option personally, rather than a stop, another stopgap. Because United have been doing stopgap signings up front for about four can imagine, years. Now. Can you imagine Wayne Rooney's face if he gets that text that Jamie Vardy's gone to United? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, interesting stuff. Uh, I mean, we'll see how that one develops. Obviously, Chelsea and United. But Chelsea's just, probably more say, so It might very well be another Rebecca Vardy fake news sort of tweet, so we are investigating that. <laughs> uh, United situation, obviously, they're looking at Sesco. We did a story on that last week, but he's going to come with a high price. Salzburg want to sell him next summer in an ideal world. He scores loads of goals this season and inflates his price, and there's a bunch of clubs who want to sign him. Uh, United's business probably though with a striker I'd imagine would hinge a bit on Cristiano Ronaldo uh, Sean what's your what's your reading on this situation I, I know how uh, you felt when it happened last year the way it turned out United had their worst season in Premier League history Ronaldo played 45 minutes at the weekend uh, was taking a drink from Eric Ten Hag didn't look too enthused with uh, the feedback he was giving although some might tell you don't read much into body language and this kind of stuff, but I think he's not the ideal fit for an Eric Ten Hag team, is he? Um, I'm not sure how much you've seen of United this season in preseason so far. I know Graham isn't convinced by Anthony Martial. <laughs> uh, fair enough. I know you're probably not either, but uh, what's your what's your reading on United as it stands and Cristiano Ronaldo's position? I think you're better off going into the season without him in the team because, you know, it was all, it's, we talked about it so much last season that it was to detriment the team to have him in. And I've actually watched a little bit of United in preseason. I have actually been impressed by Martial, but, you know, how many times over the years have we said that? But I do think the caveat this time is that um, he's under a manager who seems to know what he's doing, a manager who you keep banging on about, Scott, will improve these players you'd hope so at least, but should be there. Um, and I think having Ronaldo, at least for the start of the season, you know, he's not fit, the Ten Hag said that, after the Raya Vallecano game. It's just, would he rather have Ronaldo moving forward? Would he rather have, if it's going to have to come to it, Martial playing there? I think he'd rather have Martial because at least that's someone who will listen to him a bit more, is willing to work from like that. And I do. one of my best friends is a Man United supporter and he's a massive martial kind of truther and <laughs> he always sends me stuff where he always talks to me about um his 1920 season where it was one of the only seasons where he almost exclusively played up front and he scored 23 goals no, 17 in the no, league or something 17 in like the league yeah. no pens so and i think you had about 10 pens that year so you know if you think if he was on pens how many more could he have got 
23 in all comps. He won Man United's Players Player of the Year. And it seemed like he'd finally turned the corner. And then obviously the next year, a bit of injuries, maybe just a bit of rhythm. Cavani came in as well, so that kind of knocked him a bit. I think that if there is still a decent Premier League striker there, I think it's very much similar level to Gabriel Jesus at Arsenal. I think those are two kind of equal quality players. Graham, uh, good job. Harry's not going to hear that. I tell you, <laughs> <laughs> Harry would have just fell off his chair. Then I love the Tottenham, <laughs> Arsenal, I love the Tottenham <laughs> Arsenal things we're getting here across across the airways. Um, Graham doesn't rate Martial. Martial's best best season is much better than Jesus's best season. So, oh. and it wasn't it's that long ago. Quite either. true. That's actually quite true. Oh, uh, it's, I, I'd on a personal out, level. I, let's clip I, out. I know Jesus. We'll clip Jesus is yeah, in a much better situation than yeah. Martial has been in a lot of the time. As he well. has to be. He has to be fair. And I think Martial. You know, we can only take him on the evidence we've got, and we have to look back to January when he joined Seville and and. Almost cost them a top four finish. It was that bad. But, yeah. Um, has like it's, it's important to point out though. Has struggled with injuries. Has struggled with confidence. Has played under Jose Mourinho. Wanted to has, dem- has demanded. Has long. demanded to leave the club on more than one occasion. Hmm. Probably because of the environment he was in. Yeah, and obviously, yeah, fair enough. Because you know we and and I must admit, yeah, we praise Pogba and Ronaldo for raising the the the, the poor quality that was under Solskjaer. So yeah, Martial can't be criticised for that either. And that is a fair point. And um, but yeah, it, it just signals though United are still lacking. Even if this Ronaldo stuff carries on, they're still doing do it down the strikers, got don't they? And, and the Anthony stuff has obviously calmed down with with them demanding a club rec- a ludicrous club record fee for Anthony, um, which is just uh, no one's going to pay that. So they do have to look at these other strikers. Um, well, so what, what's the latest uh, on Ronaldo? Yeah, he, he still wants out. Um, Mendes is going across Europe, checking out the options. The meeting at Carrington, was that last week or the week before? Um, they did put over the option of him paying up his contract. They're looking at the loan deal still, which Atletico did. did. It was their idea initially. I know the fans aren't keen on that, but that wouldn't stop the club from doing the deal. So, yeah, I'm still of a firm belief on September 1st, Ronaldo won't be a Manchester United player. Just the, the destination at the moment is still yeah. up in the air. A lot of clubs publicly saying that they are not interested, although we have touched on it at the top of the show. Todd Bowley owned Chelsea, so we never know. Uh, and talking of Chelsea, Man United and transfer targets, Frankie de Jong, chapter 28 million. Uh, <laughs> we did a story update yesterday, Graham, on 90min.com. This one's dragging on, obviously. Uh, there is some interest from Chelsea as it stands that we that we understand. Mm-hmm. Though not as advanced as United's is, obviously we know that United have agreed a fee with Barcelona, and the, but Catalan press are catching up. It, it seems like it. The cat, they're catching up, <laughs> or they're they changing their tune. Sport yesterday, uh, the mouthpiece which has been saying that Frankie De Jong does not want this move at all has rejected it flat out. I've now said Frankie De Jong's deferred wages is the issue that is standing in the way of his departure, which is what we've been saying, Graham, for how long? Yeah, uh, yeah, we've had different chapters. This is chapter 20 of the young, and we've been saying that for a while. And uh, I think our third, I think the Catalan press, surely at some point, they've just Barcelona just pulled the third lever on the uh financial merry go round that is that club. Um, was raised more money, and surely they sat there going, Wait a minute, why, why do we keep having to pull all these levers just to register players? And it, it is remarkable the fact that they think they can do all this. Um, yeah, De Young as it stands. 
Interestingly, I will say with the Chelsea, there is an interest there in the background, but it could be a very big week for Chelsea. And I say keep now Juventus because Rabiot is looking at Monaco, who apparently oh. that's dependent on Champions League football. <laughs> apparently, if, if Jack Gallagher hears this, I tell you, yeah, it, it, he knows. <laughs> he, up he, knows he, he told me he's getting his Monaco shirt ready, and and <laughs> Artur is uh, heading to Valencia quite possibly. That. Gattuso is pushing that too. If those two deals happen, that will give Juventus the room to do the Jorginho deal, which they've been looking for, which interestingly could have this domino effect on De Jong. Um, then, then did Chelsea have the room to play him or to get him anyway or to move him? Quite possibly. But no, I still have United down there. It's firm favourites. We know they still want him. And I know Gary Neville's been tweeting nonsense this morning, but you know, yes. let's let, let let's let's give <laughs> let's give United some credit here. You know, they and, and Ten Hag. If Ten Hag's had numerous conversations with him, if he has been lying to Richard Arnold about him wanting to come, then well, that's between Arnold and Ten Hag. I trust that Ten Hag isn't lying to Richard Arnold and that the player does want to come. You know, I, we all do, don't we, Scott? We have to believe, shooting themselves in the foot. We have is. to believe that Eric Ten Hag isn't one, isn't some weird or character who is just saying the opposite <laughs> <laughs> and, and and that oh yeah it's it's told me he didn't want to come but i was reading between the lines we have to trust he's not saying that so we know we know dion wants to come and it is the deferred wages we did we have heard um, from sources in in spain especially that united are willing to pay some of this deferral fee scott will they pay it all they might have to they might have no, to. I, I'm, I'm with you there. And, 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 and we've seen they might add it to the wages. They didn't want to pay him £450,000 a week. Suddenly we're seeing reports that that is the deal. If you've got to do it, just do it, isn't it? It's getting to that point. I think, I think that might be the way out that United say, right, we're going to pay you the third wages. It's going to be paid on, through your wages. And De Jong saying, thanks, I trust you to pay me, unlike Barcelona. That's a problem with De Jong as well, where, from what we understand, he doesn't want to take this in instalments. He doesn't trust Barcelona. Like who would? He doesn't want like to be given shares in some Ponzi scheme that Laporte is probably in charge of. You know, he, do, he doesn't <laughs> want to be doing any of that. He just wants his money and wants out. And I think United, yeah, it, it'll hurt to a certain extent. But I think Rizal just said, "Look, let's just get this done. We'll pay him." And I think that's what happens. Got to do. Yeah, I'm I'm on board with you there, and especially with Chelsea. You mentioned there about the kind of domino effect with Juventus yeah. and Jorginho. You don't want to give Chelsea the time to put all that in place so they can actually go for somebody mm. like Frankie de Jong if Jorginho does leave. Because there is interest in it. Chelsea, by the seams of it, are just happy to throw money at players and just well, bring he, them he's in. a top-class midfielder, so why? Yeah, if Chelsea get, lose Jorginho uh, and Todd Burley is saying to his scouts, who's, who is a top-class midfielder available? And I say, well, de Jong's available. Oh, well, let's go for him then. Probably plays into Barcelona's hands that Chelsea interest is there that obviously mm. we'll talk as Piliqueta and Marcus Alonso as well who Barcelona want that could all tie in with De Jong if the deal does come to pass at the moment though Chelsea are not as advanced uh, with their interest as United are Sean do you have Frankie De Jong down as your flop of the season shout <laughs> I was gonna I, was, I said I was gonna put it down as like a proper brain galaxy shout because a couple of years ago 2021 season my preseason prediction was that Jaden Sancho was gonna win player of the year and he ended up not moving to United, so I'm not I'm not <laughs> tempting fate with that again. Um, you did seen this morning, Scott, that United are going to sign Tom Huddleston to the under twenty one team. That's a great player. alternative. That, yeah. That's a proper midfield player right there. You know, uh, many years <laughs> watching impossible. 
I hope that's yeah. explained to uh, Matomine and Fred. I think they could be quite worried this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Much better passer than those two, I can assure you. <laughs> yeah, uh, can strike a ball as well, can't he? Uh, some oh, of he just sounds just... like a better player than them two. He's offering more <laughs> he... passing, passing, striking the ball. He's offering more than them two already. He is the slowest player I've ever seen on a football pitch. <laughs> it takes some doing. Uh, uh, Chelsea also uh, looking to potentially offload Marcus Alonso and Cesar Alispilicueta, although I think it's more of a case of Barcelona wanting them. Alispilicueta wants to go to Barcelona. Perhaps Chelsea just do want to get rid of Alonso, especially if uh, Mark Cucciarella does turn mm-hmm. up. Uh, that's a, just a little web there. I don't know whether you want to say anything on that Graham or shall I move on it, it, it's agreed the two players have agreed the deal we think uh, 20 million euros but hey um, five for Aspi 15 for Alonso we've only got a year left we think that's what, the way it's looking um, wouldn't surprise me if Barca try and get both on free transfers so you heard it here first uh, let's see Timo Werner uh, also a Chelsea player it's Chelsea heavy today this show Timo Werner, Chelsea player, but for how much longer was signed from RB Leipzig a few years ago? Let's just say it's not gone to plan. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's not worked out at all, has it? Liverpool looking great again by the looks of it. Not uh, not deciding to go for him, even though they were interested a long while ago. What's, uh, what's the situation with Timo Werner and RB Leipzig, Graham? Yeah, he's he's looking to go back to his former club. Very similar to Lukaku here. Wants to go back to his former club. Willing to take um, a wage cut. And just wants to enjoy his football again. So very similar to Lukaku. Chelsea won't stand in his way. And uh, yeah, um, a good move for both clubs. Initially alone because he's on huge wages. So with these big deals, you know, the, the money they're getting in these years of the contracts, it's getting bigger and bigger. So um, this could then turn to a two or three year loan. It really could. Um, but at the moment, be alone for the season, and then as with Lukaku, we'll um, we'll be looking at him again next summer. Three-year loan football is crazy. Football is crazy, and I tell you what, something also that might be pretty crazy. Uh, Mikel Damsgaard was really good at the Euros last year, and Brentford, true to the Danish connection that is established at the club, are looking at him as a replacement option to Christian Eriksen. Uh, Sean, I'll come to you in a second, but Graham, uh, how advanced is this? Uh, yeah, we believe, um, obviously, Sean did business yesterday. Um, we believe it is ongoing. Um, for some reason, Sampdoria um, are looking to move him on. I think someone doing the manager there, I'm not entirely sure. I think there's been a bit, not a fallout, but I think the way he plays, he's happy to move him on. So, um, yeah, it looks like Brentford again getting some bargains here. I think I think it was about 20 million. Um, they were looking for Sean, we said. Yeah, 20 mil around. I think Brentford's second offer they made was it totaled around 17 or 18 with some add ons. So they're not too far away from this. Uh, it does seem like one that will get done. I think it's a good deal for Brentford. I think obviously Damsgaard came out of the Euros. He was unbelievable, unplayable at times. Just and he, there was a lot of people expecting him to have a big year at Sampdoria. I think he the one who scored against England. Yes, he was. Yeah, scored a free kick. Yeah. yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing, though, Sean, isn't it? That you you would be getting him Brentford. I say you Brentford would be getting him for, <laughs> le, for, for for less than what they paid Hull for Keane Lewis Potter, who is a very good prospect. Yeah. But it just shows the value you can get in Europe. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I was just going to say that he was expected to have a breakout year at Sampdoria last year. It didn't happen because he, was, he spent, I think it was like five months out injured with a thigh problem. 
but still really highly rated by those who watch Serie A. They think that this is a great signing for Brentford. And I think that um, this is probably the best way they're going to replace Ericsson because Thomas Frank said at the weekend that there's no chance they're going to get a like-for-like player. It's impossible for a club like Brentford to do that. They're going to have to do it with um, the added efforts of players stepping up, with new players coming in. I think you've got Damsgaard, talk about Lewis Potter. Um, they're just they're finding more ways to fit attackers on the pitch. I know they, he's been playing um, and Burma as a wing-back sometimes. This is probably the way that Brentford are going to do it if they're going to try and replace the the output that Ericsson put in in his short time at the club. And makes a lot of sense to me. Exciting time for Brentford. Uh, mm. Retained their Premier League status last season, signing players who have good reputations with potential massive sell-on value later on. Yeah. A player, actually, I was going to say this, that um, Thomas Frank know, might know a lot about because Damsgaard came through at Nordjylland under the former Brentford B coach, Fleming Pedersen, who is quite close to Frank. So I imagine that there definitely would have been some conversations there. Did there a striker shot, Sean, still at Brentford? Um... I think if Tony were to get injured, then you can maybe play Mbemo or Whistler there. I don't think it's a priority for them. I, I do think... I don't know where they really strengthen anymore. They've done a lot. They've brought in a lot of um, depth for, for the positions they need. They got Ben Mee, I think, as a brilliant kind of signing, and he'll probably start the season with Ethan Pinnock injured. Um, they brought in Strogosha as the backup goalkeeper that they wanted. It's a really good senior option. To Outstanding have goalkeeper the farm, mm. isn't it? <laughs> Yeah. Beat Man United to his signature. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they brought in Hickey, uh, right back slash left back. I thought that is a superb signing there. Mm-hmm. It does feel like now I think they've probably settled with. And Rico, the don't, don't think Rico Jaime is unlucky not to get an England shout at all, Sean. I don't know. If, I don't know. Unlucky because he did. He spent a bit of time injured last year, but he is. I do rate him quite highly. He's a really menacing player. What gets into the box a lot, even. When playing in the back four, he's quite solid defensively as well. I think may, he may he might need a few injuries to go his way if he's going to get to the World Cup squad. But I do think Euro twenty twenty four that's probably that's a shout for him there. I think he's very good. Let's finish up today with some Liverpool talk. Obviously, won the Community Shield against Manchester City at the weekend. Uh, three goals for them. Darwin Nunes with one of them. Really enjoyed winning the Community Shield uh, as well. <laughs> with his celebrations, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, wins the battle of the frauds with Erling Haaland. Uh, this time around anyway, because that's how football fans judge players nowadays. But uh, other players in the four positions, Graham, Roberto Firmino is out of contract in a year's time, I believe. Mm. Has been linked with Juventus uh, in recent days, but uh, we understand that he's set to stay at the club and a potential new deal in the works for another player. Uh, if you could give us an update as well. Yeah, um, Jurgen Klopp, he's really happy with the squad depth at the moment. Um, they lost Devik Origi to Milan in the summer. And so he, he really does like the depth of having that real number of players up there. And so Firmino, he really loves Firmino. He wants him to stay. He's not promising him games, but you know, um, he wants really all these players to stay. And Firmino said he will stay. So, yeah, Juventus did inquire, but I think they got a short shrift back from Liverpool in that in on him. And the player, San New Deal, looks like Jota. Yeah, we've had it confirmed from Liverpool sources. Talks are underway to San New Deal. And um, richly deserved, you know, he's what an impact he's made since coming from Wolves. You know, I think there's a few eyebrows raised, and there was when he signed, but wow, what a sign he's proved to be. Um, they have just announced it, by the way. Oh, there we they go. Just announced <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally, as we're speaking now. 
Excellent. Well, so, well, there it was, you are. It, it, it was definitely true. The sources were right. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, uh, yes, as we as we record this six... Well, there you have it. Six minutes ago, Liverpool have announced a new contract for Diogo Jota. Uh, valid until June 2027. Uh, there you have it. I mean, you're going to be hearing this episode because we're pre-recording it, but, um, you know... That's pretty much as prompt as you want to get it. It's just you're going to hear it a little bit later on. Uh, anyway, Liverpool in good shape for the season ahead. Uh, Spurs in good shape for the season ahead. Sean seems pretty happy with uh, the business so far, albeit one or two more possibly needed, more needed for Man United, more needed at Chelsea uh, as well, who at the top of the show we said about Mark Cucciarella potentially being the next one through the door could be done within the next few hours. Uh, this is obviously a weekly show. Uh, thank you very much, Graham and Sean, for your presence on today's podcast. We'll be back in a week's time uh, for all the latest. I don't know whether towards the end of the transfer window, we have a month or so left. Maybe we'll do a short and snappy daily version if we can find the time. I'll just we'll do a daily, daily Frankie de Jong special. Oh, God, I hope it's not going on that long, honestly. Uh, yes, please subscribe on all your major podcast platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, the likes uh, and follow us on Twitter too, at underscore Scott Saunders, at Graham Bailey, and at Sean DZ Walsh. Had the Z this time, not the Z, because uh, I'm British, not American. Uh, thanks very much for listening, everyone. Uh, we'll catch you soon. Catch you soon on Talking Transfers.